Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. When you understand that God really wants to bless you, and He wants to bless you in Psalm 116 and verse 12, can't you believe that in every area of your life God wants to bless you? Don't you believe that? Then get to know, choose to get to know Him. Choose to trust Him. Choose to praise Him. Choose to love Him. Choose to confess it. Let Him clean up the subconscious and all those independent thoughts that are lodged in departments of the soul that rob us of faith. That rob us of understanding compassion in action. I believe Paul said it will be as God has said. I choose to believe. When the man had not walked for 38 years, 38 years he had not walked, and he chose to believe God, even though he didn't know him. He chose to believe God for a miracle. Had not taken a step for 38 years, and he gets up, and he's totally healed. He chose to believe. The lame man that was laid at the gate every day in Acts 3 chose to believe God. Chose to believe God. And he began to put Peter on his back and leaped and was jumping and praising God. He simply chose to believe. What's wrong with that? Now listen. Nothing is impossible with God. For the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Be it unto you according to your faith. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe God instead of choosing to confess negatives. I choose to believe God instead of confessing how bad the financial situation is. I choose to believe it's going to be the best ever next year and the rest of this year. I choose to believe God that no matter what happens, He wants to bless me, not because I'm worthy, but because He's a loving, compassionate God. The centurion came to Jesus, and he said in the 8th verse of the 8th chapter of Matthew, he said, I have a servant that is near death, but he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house and heal him. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And he said, no. He said, I have soldiers unto me. And I say, go, and they go. And I say, come, and they come. And I have servants, and I say, do, and they do with it. Wasn't that beautiful? And Jesus said, what you mean is, if I speak the word, then your servant will be healed right from here. And he said, speak the word. And Jesus said, your servant's healed. Your servant's healed. The authority of believing, the authority of faith, 
the authority of trusting a loving God, the authority of believing in compassion. I received a letter from another state recently. And they said, for years I've been to this church and all I've received is knowledge. And they said, I went to the convention and saw people healed and I wept and wept and wept. Even before they got healed, they said, I wept because you taught that God could do it. I haven't heard that in my church. This couple said, we wept because when... When we heard that God could do it, it's been so long, we hadn't been to a convention. She said, I put my elbow on my husband's side and started weeping, and tears came in his eyes, because our pastor really doesn't believe it. He just wants to talk knowledge. You know, if I've got, if I'm dying and the devil's doing it, and it's not of God, I've got a high fever. I don't care much about your theology. Please give me a drink of water. <laughs> Pastor, you'll go to heaven if you die. Yeah, I know that. But if I can be healed, I'll take it. <laughs> the beautiful thing is, that centurion servant was gloriously healed. And Jesus said something that he kept saying in his ministry on earth. He said, I have not found so great a faith in all of Israel. Oh, it pleased him. It pleased Jesus. It made him happy that that somebody just believed him. Listen, believe God for blessings. Believe God for prosperity in your business or in your job. Believe God for greater things to happen this year than any time ever. Believe God for healing of the emotions. Believe God for sweet Marriage, believe God for healing of the body. Believe God for, for God to move in the things that you think would please Him. Believe God. 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 Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Be it unto you according to your faith. I believe it'll be as God has said. Why do I believe God? I believe Him. Because the Bible says in Matthew 14, 14, He was moved with compassion, not telling me what dispensations couldn't do for me. Never put dispensations ahead of compassions. Dispensations only give you an idea of the plan, has nothing to do with the sovereignty of the life expressed of God's nature. Jesus saw the sick and the needy and the sinners in the city, and he wept. Then he saw the hungry, and he was moved with compassion. Then he saw the physically afflicted, and he was moved with compassion. Then he saw those that had demon possession, and he was—he didn't give them a dispensation. It's not the year for you to be healed because it's... No, no. He was moved with compassion. Away with this knowledge ministry. This knowledge, 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 knowledge. And let me tell you this... 
Wisdom is to use knowledge to bless people with God's light. And the problem with ministries, they have the knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom, even though they have earthly wisdom and a godly gift, they don't have divine wisdom to give people life with their knowledge. True knowledge gives people's life, God's life, and that's called God's wisdom. I was being persecuted unlawfully, tremendously, tremendously. And I covered it and hid it and smiled every day. And from people whose lives were anything but righteous. I came on the radio and the Holy Spirit said at 10.35 on that Friday morning, there's a man in a wheelchair that's been told he can never walk and he hasn't taken a step for three years and one month. And if he walks, his kidneys will collapse and uh, his bowels will, will totally disintegrate and he'll die. That's what I said on the radio. And now the waves of God's love are coming into him. And he's not going to believe it. Then he's going to go to the doctors and they're going to prove it. Then he's going to go with the x-ray machine because an 850 pound weight fell on his back and smashed his spinal column so that he'd never take another step. And if he tried to, he'd die. You know that story, but some of you that are new do not know it. David Hemingway went to Springfield and the x-rays came out perfect. And they said, the machines brought what you ever walk. Then he went to Boston and the x-rays came out perfect. We have both the x-rays in, in our office. And they said, your back is perfect, but that can't be. Don't you ever walk. They told him not to walk when their x-rays came out perfect. How do you like that? That's real faith. <laughs> so on that Sunday night, a week or so later... About a week from that Sunday, the Springfield Church, what happened was he got up. He came in while they were singing, walking. Now, that's New Testament. You know what the devil told me before I said that on the radio? He said, what if it doesn't happen? But I knew I'd heard from God in his still small voice. There's nothing impossible with God. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Now, as I understand it, without being presumptuous and without losing my understanding of sovereignty, without accepting whatever happens with grace to rejoice, whatever it is, as long as I understand and believe that, as long as I don't blame my faith or your faith, as long as I believe God, as I understand it, what pleases God is when I am able to do the things with my faith toward His character to release Him. If I say to God, Lord, I think this will glorify You. We bind it. Why not trust God to bind it? What if I don't say bind it? Then God might as well be asleep. What if I say to God, according to Matthew, we loosen this thing. Why wouldn't God want to loosen it? No, Christians want to go right along and be the tail and suffer it, act like a bunch of defeated people, a bunch of has-beens that want to be, that can't be, 
and, and they want to go along in human existence with survival, with a subjective mind paralyzing and cluttering up their soul with independent thoughts that are separated from power and grace and love. What I'm saying to you today is that God is moved with compassion. And nothing's impossible with God. What I'm saying today, Jesus said to people, where is your faith? All these messages you've heard, where is your faith? All the miracles you've seen in the Bible, where is your faith? I'm saying that God will do a miracle in your marriage. That God will do a miracle in your business. That God will do miracles in your family. That God will do a miracle for your health. I'm saying that God will do a miracle in relationships. I won't accept one single thought that would hinder that faith. I won't accept anything that would hinder that faith. Let's choose to believe. Don't take away any aspect of faith. No matter how dark it gets, or how low the valley gets, no matter how low the valleys are, it's how much your faith is in God that makes those valleys sweet and release you into the ascended light. We are receiving our life from above, not below. We're receiving a life from a God of mercy, not a God of condemnation. I believe that God forgives, He forgets and erases it all, and you go away innocent. That's, what the, that's why I exegeted that verse for you, to show you what it meant. It's far deeper than King James. David said, Hallelujah, I'm innocent. He didn't mean he didn't do it. He confessed it. He confessed it. He didn't mean he didn't do it. He'd forsaken it. But he said, I'm innocent. I'll never have to think of that again. I believe God for forgiveness. David did not have to be counseled by counselors for ten years reviewing the sin. Listen, don't you realize that the greatest tragedy of the world is for Satan to lie to us about God's compassion? When Satan lies to us about God's mercy, when Satan lies to us about God's will, God's will is for our good. God's will is for our peace. God's will is for an expected end. I know that's God's will. God's will is to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to heal the sick, to cast out the demons, to deliver people that are in bondage to sin. I know that's God's will. Don't you tell me that dispensation's got to handle that. Churches that go year after year, and, and somebody will come down, they even dare to use James 5 once more. No, in Jesus' name, if it be thy... No, 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 no! Not if it be thy will! I know it's God's will to be merciful! I know it's God's will to be... Don't you give me, if it be thy will, say, thank God, this is your will! Now, because of Romans 3.27, there is a law of faith. God's people must be built up in the law of faith, meaning the principles of faith. And we, we must be built up. And finally, something spontaneous happens. Now, through these past 12 months, 
There's been some major miracles here, and people have lost it, and they're good people. They're loving people, and they're godly people. You say, why has it come back? It isn't that they're unbelievers, they're, they're precious people. And it isn't that they didn't believe, but they haven't yet understood how God's nature works in the principle of faith. You see, we must be built up in the principle of faith. Now, what's that mean? It means that not a thing can take away from my believing God. Not a thing can take away from my believing God. Not a thing. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Don't show me my circumstances. I'll be accountable, but I believe God. I be Don't tell me the bad things. I'll deal with that, but I believe God. Don't tell me I'm a failure. I'm not. I'm cleansed, and I believe God. Don't tell me that it's God's will for me to be this way the rest of my life. I believe God. Isn't it like God that we grow in grace and knowledge? Isn't it like God that we grow in wisdom? Isn't it like God that we grow in blessings? Isn't it like God that we grow in benefits every day? Psalm 103. Isn't that God's nature? Isn't it like God that if He gives seven times seventy? Isn't it? Sure it is. Isn't it like God that He never imputes sin? Of course it is. Well, isn't it like God that it healed the cells of the body and the cells of the brain and the cells of the nervous system and heal them and heal them and say to the devil, sin and disease throughout the universe did it, but what did I just do, devil? And you can't touch it because I'm gone. We need more Christians that will stir up faith, do the things that express faith, and go forward confessing faith, and go forward believing without wavering in faith. Now, in closing, nothing's impossible with God. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. You know, I even get the idea that Baptists would like to preach this, don't dare to. I didn't think they'd enjoy it. Listen, every child of God has one tremendous privilege, and that is to believe his God for the impossible. That's how we start out. We don't start out with what is God's will. We start out with his will is to be compassion. How about that? We don't start out, you, you think this is what God's will. We start out with God is moved with compassion. That's how we start out. That's how we get the will of God. We don't get the will of God through head knowledge. We get the will of God through knowing He's compassionate. Let me ask you this. I suppose that you're more compassionate with your kids than God is with you. He's the Father of all mercies, the God of all grace, the God of all compassions. And you would heal your kid if you could, your child. And you'd help your child. Just maybe he'd do more than you'd ever think to do. If you trusted him and believed. You say, well, it has nothing to do with my faith. Well, if it has nothing to do with your faith, why did he say in Matthew 9.29 to the two blind men, be it unto you according to your faith? Why did he say to the man with the withered hand, what do you believe? He wants it expressed. 
Now listen. What is the law of faith? The law of faith is Romans 1.17 in application. From faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. No wavering. No doubting. Faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. It means I keep on believing God. And finally, in God's sovereign love and compassion and mercy, He honors my faith. And He mocks the devil. And goes against the demons. And God's people are left in an atmosphere of knowing and trusting their God. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Let's, let's open to John 1, one And let's hear this like we've never heard it before. How about that? We've never heard this before. This is the Word of God. It's alive. It's quick, alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He is the living Word of God. John 1, one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This is Jesus Christ, that in the beginning He was there. Before the worlds were made, He was there. If you will receive me, if when you see the light, because I've made you in my image, you will have a degree of comprehension. You will understand. The world doesn't understand. The darkness doesn't understand. But because I made you like me, because I, I breathed my very breath into you, and your soul was made alive, and will never die, that the Father will lead you into an understanding of the Son. And by the Holy Spirit, you're given a real choice. And that real choice is life or it's death. In Deuteronomy 28 and 29, all the way through Deuteronomy 30, there are all these blessings that are laid out, all these cursings that are laid out. And it says, choose life. Choose life. And when you do... And when we do that in our lives, something happens. Something miraculous happens. And because sometimes we see it every day, it can become familiar to us and we don't see it as miraculous. That we have a relationship with God Almighty, who has no beginning and no end, who knows all there is to know about us and yet He still loves us, who made everything that we see. We have a relationship with Him. That is awesome. That is awesome. 
And what happens when that light has entrance into our heart is that eternity itself unfolds. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells within us. And we are walking miracles on the earth. And the life of God and the redemptive plan of God, we become co-laborers in that plan. And people who were operating in death can suddenly be embraced in the body of Christ, hear words of truth, words of life, be nourished up, and again have, have be transformed before our eyes into the image of Jesus Christ. There are many things in our lives that we can go about and pursue. God has spread out this whole smorgasbord of a world before us. There's money to be made. There are resources to be plundered. There are relationships to have. There are places to visit. There are clothing to buy. The cosmic system lays it all out for us. And it's all a twisted corruption of what God originally made. Um, And that creation is beautiful. That creation is wonderful. But that creation does not understand God. And though we are flesh and blood and our, and our capacity is limited, we have a, that intimacy, the potential of relationship with God that God so wants to have with us. Here's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, before anything was, there isn't anything that He didn't make, that He didn't speak into existence. And here He is in this room. He's in this room tonight. And this room, this house is in a big cathedral with a cross on top of it with wonderful stained glass that we can come in and go, ooh, and feel really small. This is the house of a family who's paid a price to follow God. Who loves God. Who's opened it up and said, we're going to have people in here once a week, a minimum to get together and have a pulpit and a piece of wood to put down a Bible so that people will know that God loves them. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com So Lord, we, we cannot thank you enough. It is going to take forever before your throne when this corruptible body puts on incorruptible to praise you and thank you and know you forever and sing sing about you to even begin to scrape the surface of of the gift that you've given us your amazing grace that you've given us and Jesus is here and he's in you got an open chair there. Maybe he's very well sitting right there. The God of the universe. I do know that he's within each one who has at one time in their life turned over their heart and said, God, I see a little glimpse of what you've done for me. And I want it. Help me. Save me. The message you just heard, if it had touched your heart, It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a precious, precious moment where you, if you would take the time, Jesus is knocking on your door, wanting to come in. 
the love of the Father is revealed to you this moment. It's simply just because of God's grace and God's plan and the blood of Jesus Christ. All you have to do is ask with all your heart. Ask Jesus to come in and be your Lord and Savior. And he will. And from that point on, you'll be part of the family of God. It's that simple. With all your heart, just ask, say, Jesus, would you be my Lord and my Savior? I need 